Well, since they bulldozed the Doc Hawkham Tower, me and the boys had to relocate to our new perch high atop the Northeast Tower of Peach Castle in South Coal Mountain, Georgia. We're all settled in now and ready for our next show. Now they say when you get down to it, once you get into the network of Nashville musicians, Music City really is a small town. Well, with some connections between mutual musician friends that would make every degree of Kevin Bacon jealous, we here at The Crossing have become friends with Charlie Daniels Band keyboardist, Shannon Wickline. So join Chris and Cal as we hear Shannon's story. Take her away, Cal. You might think that is the theme for uh, Twilight Zone, and for some reason it seems like it has been. And normally I would say broadcasted from high top the world-famous Doc Hawkins building in beautiful downtown Coal Mountain. It is a crossing show with Chris, Cal, producer Steve Thomason, and all of our friends. But, Chris, I'm not going to be able to say that because the Doc Hawkins building is no more. We have changed studios. The whole world just went to pot immediately Golly. after the destruction of that fine facility. Once the Doc Hawkins building let's, went down, let's, we're just, in let's just ponder the events that have occurred since they tore down that beautiful brick and mortar. Since we last met in March, we've uh, we've, we've we're de- currently dealing with a pandemic here in the United States. Worldwide pandemic. Worldwide pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Affected the United States greater than anywhere, probably because of of our phones, <laughs> social media. Social media. <laughs> we uh, currently dealing with some uh, some pretty bad stuff going on uh, in downtown Atlanta and 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 everywhere else due to uh, just racial tensions and that kind of thing. We're dealing with that right now, and uh, definitely prayers for our country. Yes, uh, but um, and y'all all know about that, so we're not going to bore you with that. We are your deterrent. That's right. To a lot of bad news, we are two uh, servants coming to you with a word of love from above, as they say. <laughs> of course, Kenny Rogers did die. We've lost Kenny we've, Rogers. Uh, we've lost Joe Diffie. Joe, passing of Joe Diffie. Reckon they propped him up next to a jukebox. Probably okay. And then uh, great American songwriter John Prine also left this world due to the virus. And Brian Dennehy. And Brian Dennehy. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brian Dennehy uh, was the sheriff, most notably known for as being the sheriff in the very first uh, Rambo movie, First Blood. And all, But I guess most recently, even though it's been yeah. 25 years ago, he was the dad in Tommy Boy. So there we were one night, March, me and you at the bowling alley, Sunday night bowling league. Uh, Rocking, rolling, first, bowling, first, in first place. We were in first place. Yeah. Still and then, looking for that trophy. That was March, and then now it's the first of June, and here we are. We ain't done nothing. <laughs> Welcome back, Steve. Good Thank to see you, you again. Thank you, Steve, for having us back. Good to be here. Had to move all that gear <laughs> just in time for the bulldozers yeah, to been, come in. We've been refurbishing a little bit. So I reset everything, and so here we are broadcasting once again live from the Northeast Tower of Pete's Castle in South Coal Mountain, Chris. New studios, the New South Studios. We both got us an orange push-up. And a knee high, and uh, we're ready to go. Ready we to bring got y'all another show. Yeah, we got to, uh, how how you've been able to line up some of these people to actually uh, get on the phone with us and do an interview. I it don't absolutely know. amazes no. me. It amazes me too. But today but... we have Shannon Wickline, the Keep... piano. Yeah, the keyboard player for uh, Charlie Daniels. Can't miss him. He's all over Facebook. Talented young man. Talented young man. We're gonna find out his life story. 
And, and we're uh, going to dial him up here just in a minute, so don't y'all go away. I'm sending Chris on up to the very top of the tower to crank that telephone, and we will have Shannon just as soon as we come back. After a word from these sponsors, we'll be right back. Then the coal company came with the world's largest shovel, and they tortured the timber and stripped all the land. Well, they dug for their coal till the land was forsaken, then they rolled it all down as the progress of man. Buell Martin Barbershop is your one-stop barber for all your men's grooming needs. Stop in for that Buell special. You'll get a straight razor shave and a haircut topped off with your choice of either witch hazel or vitalis. And for all you pickers out there, Buell stock some strings and picks for them guitars and banjos. That's Bill Martin Barbershop on Highway 9 in South Coal Mountain. If you see Piedmont, you done gone too far. There's no gas wars in coming. We've got the best prices in town at $49.9 a gallon at Martyr Oil. Two locations to serve you. Martyr Oil number one at Highway 19306 or on the south side of Marlar Oil number two, Highway 19 and 141. You probably haven't checked the propane tank lately. It's when the pilot light goes out that you finally notice, right? And now you're in a bind. Who do you call? Mills Fuel Service right now. Mills Fuel has provided North Georgia with fast, courteous service and clean propane for over 50 years. So don't let the tank hit rock bottom. Call Mills today, 706-265-3394. Three locations to serve you coming Dawsonville and Dahlonega online at millsfuelservice.com. And we are back with The Crossing, where the music meets the memories. Cole Mountain Cal, along with brother Chris Cheatham, producer Steve Thomason, the good doctor. I've got Chris up on the uh, tower telephone pole. He's cranked up and rang up the uh, phone. Oh, by the way, that was uh, John Prine coming back in from the commercial break. One of his great standards, Paradise. So, Chris, are you up there? I'm up here. All right. Ring I got it. I've got. Um, you got the call. I got on Shannon hold. on the phone. All right, Shannon, you there? I'm here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Shannon Wickline from the Charlie Daniels Band and. A whole lot of other things he's we're going to get into, but welcome to the show, buddy. Ah, thank you for having me. So, yeah, you, like, like we said, we really appreciate your time tonight already. Um, we'll go ahead and start this thing before you uh, regret your decision <laughs> and uh, <laughs> get right. it over with. He'll start saying he's got All a right. bad phone connection. Probably, <laughs> yeah, right? Can't yeah. hear you guys. <laughs> yeah, for real. So you calling from uh, Virginia tonight? I'm in. Yeah, I'm in Virginia tonight. Originally from Virginia, too, maybe? I'm originally, I'm originally from Virginia, yes, sir. What part of Virginia up there? Uh, Roanoke. Roanoke. You up there paying taxes, or what are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm up here. Uh, I'm up here. I'm involved in all the riots and the looting and everything. Oh, just, okay. You know, destroying windows and smashing everything. <laughs> no, I just, uh, no, I, I reconnected with a girl that I uh, knew a long time ago, and um, I've been up here hanging out with her. You know, I forgot to say, you're all... A great keyboardist. You're a fellow podcaster as well, aren't you? Uh, I'm not just yet. Now she is. Okay. She's a mental health therapist, and she's got her own podcast. So I've been, I've been helping her do all the audio and editing for that. We met 24 or so years ago. Yeah. 
when I was still living here, I was playing in cover bands and she was a waitress in this restaurant, um, that we used to play at. And we kind of had this little flirty thing between us for a while. And, and then, um, and then one night we just kind of hooked up sparks flew and, you know, and we, (laughs) I, I really thought she was the one back then. And then we kind of went our separate ways and, um, and then, you know, she went and got married and I got married and, uh, we lost contact for a lot of years and I got, um, uh, got, she got divorced a few years ago. I got divorced last year and, and I was kind of in the place where I'm just like, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm, you know, I don't want to be involved in any relationships. I just want to throw myself into my work and, you know, um, and then she actually found me on Facebook. And um, so we reconnected and hit it off, and we've been hanging out and having a great time ever since. And social media is a beautiful thing sometimes. It can be used for yes, some good. It's, it's, <laughs> I, you know, I have a love-hate relationship yeah. with social media. Um, so, yeah, this, this is one of those times where it actually worked out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's start back. Let's start back to childhood stuff. Growing up, a lot of music okay. going on in the family back in those days. What I drew, grew what drew up you in to a the very music? Noisy house. Both yeah. my parents played. Uh, my mom played piano. Um, my dad played the pedal steel guitar and oh, pretty yeah. much anything with strings on it. And he played professionally and toured for for years. Um, so I got bit by the bug really, really early in life. Um, I started actually playing drums when I was about four years old. And I did that all through my childhood. And we always had a piano in the house, and I was always really curious about it. And the first time I sat down to it, um, I started kind of pecking away at it. And I, uh, it just, I, inst- I hated it. I was like, this is not for me. I'm going back to drums. But it, it, I don't know what it was. It was just something that was just drawing me to it. I could not let it go. <laughs> and so I started kind of teaching myself how to play a little bit. And we lived next door to my maternal grandparents. And they and my grandmother had a, she had like an old Campbell organ or something like that in, in, in her house. And and inside the organ bench, there was a, a chord book, just basic chords. It just taught you, you know, just basic triads and inversions and stuff like that. So the organ had stickers on it that told you what the notes were. Yeah. So I just kind of said, okay, okay, well, that's a C. You know, it's okay. Well, for C, it's C, E, and G. Okay, play those two. All right, well, that sounds like something. <laughs> and then I just took off from there. And, uh, from from and then I just once I started to kind of understand it and I wasn't so intimidated by it. Um, I just I mean I instantly fell in love with it. So you're pretty and much self self taught. I mean on on the keys. I'm I'm self yeah all the all the music stuff I do I'm I'm completely self taught. Um, do you recommend I, it? <laughs> do you rec- do you recommend being self taught? I know you teach lessons now, right? Uh, I I do some. I do some. I used to teach a lot more uh, than I do now. Yeah. Um, y- you know, I I don't discourage taking lessons. In fact, I wanted to take lessons, and I kind of 
down and met with a guy and he just said, listen, your ear is already developed. There's nothing I can show you. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're picking it up quicker than I can show you. So I'm sorry, I can't help you. Right. And, uh, so no, I, I, I definitely do not discourage taking lessons. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I had a, I just had kind of an instinct for it. And, you know, like, like I said, I just, I, I knew early I had an ear for it. Uh, but I just wanted to, you know, kind of develop. Um, I didn't really know which kind of path to take, so I just did it the hard way. <laughs> you know? Well, you being a and, musician, you're going to qualify for Chris's question that he asks every musician that we have on the show, so I'll let him get, <laughs> get to that. Okay. Cal and I, um, well, Steve would probably disagree with us, but we're, we're both quote-unquote hack musicians ourselves and played in bands together for 20 years now but we um <laughs> you know i've I played guitar you know my, my what pretty much my whole life sadly uh based upon my abilities but we always ask you know what was the first song you ever learned and i'm assuming it came out of that chord book from your grandmother so was it some gospel music or what 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 was your first song the very Oh gosh, I don't remember the very first song. It was more than likely it's probably a gospel song. Yeah, because um, that you know my mom and, and my grandmother both played at church, um, and we lived down the street from a um, from a church, and it was a it was a holiness Pentecostal church, so it was uh, it was rowdy. <laughs> and um, so I, I don't know what the very first song was. It was probably something like "How Great Thou Art" or mm-hmm. "I'll Fly Away." I, I, it's, it, it, was, it had to be an old gospel hymn. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember exactly which one it was. I tell you what, I do. For some reason, this this memory just popped up uh, when I was still playing drums before I even touched a piano. Um, they had one of those big, massive record players that was kind of a tv record player radio combination oh yeah the cabinet unit so i would turn i'd crank that thing up and (laughs) my grandmother loved jerry reed and uh so the first song i really remember kind of playing along to and just like i'm going to figure this out play it beginning to finish was was the song he did called uh the man with a golden thumb well, bless your heart. Yeah. You and Chris are so that's, kindred that's, spirits. That's yeah. one of the first memories I have of something that I was going to, you know, I was bound to determine to learn it start to finish. <laughs> well, if you're going to jump on something, jump on something easy like Jerry Reed because he couldn't play too much. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. And I, I tell you, I didn't appreciate how great of a guitar player he was oh, until yeah. later in life I started trying to play guitar and i'm just like let me go back listen to the jerry reed stuff man he was he was insanely good listen to it. it's about all a lot of players can do just listen to it yeah he was he was frighteningly good yeah i, I didn't a lot of people that, that really underestimate how tremendous of a musician he was well he was a snowman <laughs> you know i mean it, it, you know, everybody right. kind of got lost in that i know i did i mean that whenever i was a kid that's who i knew him as and uh I, I guess I just didn't even realize until I guess later on on how you know talented of a, of a picker he was. Yeah, he was great. So coming on up, getting on up into like teenage years, I'm sure there's you started hanging with some other musicians or something, getting in some bands and stuff. What kind of influences were you drawing from then? I was, I, 
I started country and gospel music was really prevalent, you know, in, in our home. And, uh, one of my best friends growing up, um, he was a bass player and, um, he played piano and drums some, and I played piano and drums. We just, you know, we'd kind of swap off back and forth, but his stepdad had a cassette collection and he had like all this music that I'd never heard before, uh, from a band back in the day called Weather Report. Weather Report. Um, Jocko, yeah, there's a famous bass player, uh, uh, Jocko Pastorius, and mm-hmm. he was kind of part of that. And I watched and a I documentary like, on him. There's a, there's a great documentary on that guy, on Jocko. Yes, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I've I've, I've heard about it. It is good. It is very good, Doc. Anyway, it's, it's in it's in the queue. I need <laughs> to see it. But uh, but I started, you know, but I started listening to this stuff, you know, like Weather Report, and I'm like, man, what else you got? And, um, so then he started playing, uh, you know, just all this different type of old soul music, old funk music. And that really resonated with me. And I was like, man, I, I don't know. Cause it, it, it sounded kind of like the gospel and stuff that I, you know, that I heard in church, but it was, it was, it, it was different. It was, it, it had more of an attitude. It was, yeah. it was dirty and gritty. And I was just like, man, I love this. And then from there, uh, started listening to more Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, uh, Prince. I was a huge Prince fan. Um, so just any, basically any, I was just a sponge. Anything that I could just get my hands on, just to try to expand the vocabulary, so to speak. Um, and then it was, if it was in the key of C too, right? <laughs> It had, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it had to be, yeah. you know, that's, that's something that I prided myself at when playing the, playing the, playing a real piano, playing the organ, um, they didn't have the transpose button. There's a <laughs> lot of keyboard players that rely heavily on that transpose button. And, and I never did, um, cause I wanted to, you know, I wanted to literally be ready for anything. Yeah, yeah we it's, gotta, it's later in life it served me because you, know, you play with artists and you know and they're just like man I'm not feeling very good and let's just drop everything down a half step well bass players guitar players can tune down yeah throw a capo yeah, on I, yeah throw a capo on or something like that you know and the option for the transpose is there but I was like I, oh I can't do it producer Steve producer it. Steve's in there going preach brother preach yeah <laughs> he's loving it <laughs> yeah. So early, I mean, in high school, of course, you started. I, I, you started kind of gradually getting into bands and 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 um, uh, surrounding yourself with you know other musicians, kindred spirits, so to speak. What was yes. the first band, I guess, that you were in that kind of had some legs? I was in a band with my parents. Um, well, let me let me back up. When I was about twelve or thirteen, first really getting serious about the keyboard my mom was in a gospel band and they wanted me to join the band and so i played keys in that band and then later on uh, we my my mom and dad had some friends over and then all of a sudden we were playing music and they're like man we need to start a band 
so we started so we started playing like moose clubs and stuff like that and i was like oh okay you know it's like wow and and then uh at some point i I don't remember how old i was um somebody at the end of the night came up and actually gave me some money and they're just like you know here's your cut and i'm like wait a minute what do you mean they said well you're getting paid i'm like and that I'm playing the music. In the worst day of my life. Yeah, you're <laughs> the a... day I learned that I could do this for a job and actually, you know, make make a living doing this. It's like, oh, that's how they're doing. Yeah. Then some girls show so, up, and man's got it made. So yeah. it was great. And upon the receipt of that cash, you officially became a professional musician. I became a professional musician. Card tote. Yeah. <laughs> Card tote. <laughs> So you jammed, you jammed with the parents for a while, and you, what happened after that? I mean, jammed with the parents for a while. Uh, played in the high school marching band. Played in the high school jazz band. Um, still playing started, keys. Still playing. I'm sorry. You still playing the keys, or are you playing drums? Uh, in the jazz band, I was playing guitar, drums, and piano. I just kind of switch off. Yeah. Uh, mo- mostly piano. Okay. Um, and in the marching band, I was in the I was on the drum line. Hey, and, uh, you was like a modern day Barbara Mandrell. <laughs> I don't know. She 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 was she's legit. Oh yeah, she, yeah. She play everything, but uh, damn right, she is. <laughs> but uh, I just I just started playing with with different people, and then and then later as I got a little bit older, um, you know, diff, different bands, you know, here locally started calling me and. And eventually, I, you know, the band that my parents had kind of disbanded, and I, you know, kind of started playing with other people. And as I got a little bit older, everybody was like, "Man, you need to go to Nashville." And I was like, "I don't know. I'm I'm doing okay here." <laughs> and um, and then and and I moved to Tennessee back in I don't know, maybe ninety eight maybe and i actually moved to chattanooga um and i I got kind of involved in the music scene there and what was great about that it was chattanooga right smack in between nashville and atlanta Mm -hmm. and through some people i met in chattanooga that kind of drew me to the atlanta crowd and and i got just kind of just going out networking and meeting different people. I, yeah, I got to a point where I was working in, I was doing studio work in Chattanooga and in Atlanta. And, um, I'd play a bunch in Atlanta and then go play a bunch in Nashville. And, but Nashville, ultimately, I always kind of had this joke. Um, I, I, I kind of had this running joke. I was just like, you know, I'll go to Nashville when they call me. <laughs> and I, and I met this, I was playing with this, um, blues kind of this blues rock artist in atlanta and the drummer used to work with kenny rain shepherd and he approached me and said man i'm working with this guy in nashville and he just released a, a new cd and he's about to go tour like germany and europe and all this other kind of stuff and he really needs a keyboard player uh i think he'd be great for it and i said oh, man have him call me Sure enough, Nashville calls. Nashville calls. And I'm just like, well, I got to make good on my promise now. So I went to Nashville and started work with him. And um, 
I, I it just really got my eyes opened. Uh, I, I just, I, I kind of jumped in head first to the deep end of the pool. My very first gig in Nashville, um, we actually played in Bristol, Tennessee, opening up for the fabulous Thunderbirds and BB King. Wow. And, and I, and, and from that moment I said, yep, I, I definitely made the right decision. So I bounced back and forth between Atlanta and Nashville and ultimately made Nashville home. And, um, so I've been, you know, I've been living there off and on, you know, since, since early 2000 and, uh, and Nashville is, it, it's, I tell people all the time, you know, it's, it's people think, I don't, I just, they kind of assume Nashville is this great big city, but it's really not. It's, it's, it's a small town. Uh, well, it used to be, it's, it's kind of outgrowing itself now, but, um, you know, if, if you stick around long enough and you network and you start playing with people and then you start, you know, the more people you get in front of, the more people you get in front of, you're eventually going to start working with more big names. And so it's all so net, once that network. started happening, um, that just kind of was just, you know, each, each one was a stepping stone that led me to where, you know, but ultimately to let me where I am now. Exactly. Um, speaking, of people, with, speaking of people, speaking of people, I'm sorry. Uh, producer Steve says we've got some people that are paying some of our bills that we're going to have to uh, patronize and give them a word <laughs> in between all this. So <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back Absolutely. with the second segment with Shannon Wickline. You're listening to the Crossing, where the music meets the memories. Chris Cal, brother Steve Thomason, and our special guest tonight, Shannon Wickline. We'll be right back after Steve takes us out with a little Joe Diffie. Rest in peace, Joe. Well, I got my first truck when I was three. Drove a hundred thousand miles on my knees. Hauled marbles and rocks and thought twice before. I hauled a Barbie doll bed for the girl next door. She tried to pay me with a kiss and I began to understand. There's something women like about a pickup man. Transforming the way you listen to sports. Yep, we've covered all of it, at least since 1978, 79, 80, 81, 82. Okay, you get the point. We've got it covered. The North Georgia Sports League. Go ahead, like us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Keyword search, North Georgia Sports League. in to Jan's Jeans for all your needs in today's fashions. Specializing in Jordache and Gloria Vanderbilt and my favorite, Calvin Klein. Jan's Jeans can fit you in a pair today. And for Yalian's Cal Girls, we even carry them form-fitting Wranglers. Stop by and see us at Jan's Jeans, Spot Road in Coal Mountain, Forsyth County, Georgia, U.S. of A. Sun's out, plow's out, folks. Time to get your gardens planted. When you need your planting supplies, T.R. Thomas Mill in Coal Mountain is the place you need to go. Come in and get your seeds for your corn, peas, turnips, and beans. We got half runners and full runners. Don't forget, you gotta have some viewer for fertilizer. T.R. Thomas Mill. Hey, we're in Coal Mountain, Spot Road, USA, across from Jan's Jeans. 
set my truck on fire and roll it down a hill And I still wouldn't trade it for a Coopendale bill I got an eight-foot bed that never has to be made You know, if it weren't for trucks, we wouldn't have tailgates I met all my wives in traffic jams Or just something women like about a pickup man Yeah, there's something women like about a pickup man we are back. You're listening to the crossing high atop Pete's Castle, the Northeast Tower. You know, Pete uh, is uh, is my uncle. You weren't supposed to say that. That's the only way we were getting any anything well, took I, off the rent. Well, that we ain't paying no rent, are we? Well, he'll have to take it off if we do. <laughs> <laughs> Pete will probably charge. Yeah. But anyway, we're here with Mr. Uh, Shannon Wickline. We just come in from a, a great song by Mr. Joe Diffie. I got no idea what song Steve just played, but I'm sure it was a good one. Uh, Shannon just landed in, in Nashville with zero intimidation by those amazing musicians there, I assume. No fear. No fear. Uh, that's, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I am, anytime I've ever been in Nashville, I mean, I know I'm a sorry player, but when I go to Nashville and I see these some of these guys and I'm thinking, why are you not world famous? You know, you see these guys on stage and, and, um, and, and, you know, playing their heart out and they're so good. I know. Wait on that lightning strikes, all timing. It's, uh, well, it, it, it's about timing, and, and really, it, I mean, it, luck has a lot to do with it, you know, and how much you, you know, how much you, you know, kind of get out and and just, you know, pound the pavement and, and just and just grind away. Um, you know, that's that's w- one of the great things about uh, the internet and social media. Um, one one of the few things I like about social media is. <laughs> You know, you 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 get the exposure to all these just phenomenal, gifted musicians, and uh, like I'm, I'm on Instagram a lot, and there's a particular site I follow, and I've discovered just just these incredible, just mind blowingly great musicians, and they're kids. Yeah, they're yeah. kids. And it's 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 scary. It's like, man, I'm I was not that good when I was that age. <laughs> And it, it's crazy, yeah. but, uh, no, he's talking about being intimidated. I, with that blues rock artist that I moved to Nashville for, ultimately he was, uh, friends with a, a producer, uh, who did a lot of stuff with a bunch of people there in town or here in town. And, um, and there was a female artist, she was kind of a, kind of an up and comer, uh, working kind of in a, like an artist development kind of deal. So I played a couple of showcases with her. So they, uh, there's a rehearsal studio space in Nashville. It's an SIR. You know, everybody, everybody works there. But they're just like, yeah, just come to SIR at like 2 o'clock or whatever time it was. I walk in, and there's all these A-team guys. I mean, it's like, I mean, the, the guys. All the Nashville like, cats. Like Eddie Bears, uh, Michael Rhodes, Brent Mason. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, man, I need to go home and bring my A game. I did not bring my A game with me. I'm not prepared for this. And so I, I, it, I mean, it was really, it was overwhelming. It felt and, like you came uh, to a gunfight with a knife, did you? A pocket knife. <laughs> I felt like I come to a gunfight with a pocket knife, and 
and it was it was one of the greatest and most awful experiences at the same time <laughs> because you know it 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 proved that it, it gave me the validation i think i needed to be like you know what yeah i came to the right place yeah but at the same time i mean you see these guys i mean they're they're you know some of the best in the world and and uh, you know to just to you know be in the room with those guys and just just jam with them you know even though it was a an artist gig was like man this is unbelievable and and that and it taught me a great lesson you know because there were all these guys there who i you know i was a, a, a big brent mason fan yeah he's and uh great and his producer was there so i wanted to you know i wanted to show off and show him what i could do and i learned really quick you know it's not you know in those situations it's not about what you play it's what you don't play mm-hmm. and that that's what that's what gets you um that's one of the things that you know get you called back. So no, I, I showed up to Nashville and I no, it, 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 I was very intimidated because it's 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 intimidating. You see these guys and you hear them, and then all of a sudden you're just kind of thrown into a situation where you know you're you're one of them. You're like, oh my gosh, man, I'm I'm I don't belong here, <laughs> but I'm going to fake it until I make it. Exactly, that was my, that was my mentality. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Shannon. You ever seen that documentary called Hired Gun? Yes. Um, uh, you know they interview they interviewed uh, Alice Cooper, if I remember. They interviewed him and they asked him about you know these amazing musicians that are out there and how you choose one. And he said it ain't about how good they are. He said it's whether or not I can live on a bus with them for eighteen <laughs> months. That's that's a lot of it. And um, that gave me a little bit of comfort, I guess. <laughs> you know, maybe I'll at least be uh, you know accommodable. You know, where someone get me on the, get me on the bus for eighteen months. Or as the great, uh, or as the great unknown Henson said to me in my band, you need a driver's license, a strong back, and one of them pay to pump gas cards. He said, "That's right." <laughs> so you went on to work with a couple more artists before your current gig. I, I did. I worked. Uh, I worked with well. Before Prior to working with Charlie uh, for about four and a half years, I, I worked with uh, worked with James Otto, and uh, he had a big hit. Like I think two thousand eight, uh, he had a song called "Just Got Started Loving You," and it was like the biggest song that year. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those. It, it man, it stayed on the charts for forever, and it just kind of creeped its way up, and then all of a sudden. It's like, hey, you know, he's like, man, he's like, my song's number one. And so I worked with him for a while, uh, worked with, um, and then with him, I, you know, through connections with him, I worked with uh, with John Rich and, uh, well, well, Big and Rich and yeah. John Rich. And um, prior to that, I worked with, just um, worked with Colin Ray, uh, did a TV taping. Uh, with Kenny Rogers, um, he did a special back in 2009 or 10. Um, it's, it's the funniest title. It's called Kenny Rogers, The First 50 Years. <laughs> the First 50 Years. And he, he made a joke about that. He's like, I'm glad we're doing this now because the next 50 years are going to be tough. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, but like I said, you know, you, if, you, if you hang around Nashville long enough, you know, you're going to – you're going to rub elbows with a lot of different people. Right. And, 
so it's you know and i and i learned is just you know uh again just i i i try to especially when i'm playing an artist gig you know i try you know I, I, it, it's always especially in nashville it's you know play play like what's on the record mm-hmm. i'm like okay and then they a lot of them some of them are, are more strict than others. Some of them kind of give you some liberties, but you know, I've always tried to honor the song, the song, and you know, but but I still wanted to kind of put my own spin on it, kind of my own personality into it, and um, so I've 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 kind of I've kind of you know managed to be able to make a career out of doing that. And the great thing about Charlie, work with him, he you know Charlie's a player. And he's he's all about the band, and you know, and he comes from that kind of that jam band era, you know, all the Almond Brothers and Leonard Skinner and Marshall Tucker. He comes from that. He's cut from that cloth. Oh yeah, he so, played on uh, Bob Dylan's when, Nashville album. And Bob Dylan, he's studio musician so back when then. I first, uh, when I first interviewed, you know, for this job with Charlie, that's one, one of the things. You know, you know, I, I replaced. Taz, who was his only keyboard player for at that time over forty years, mm. and then you know Taz got killed in a, a a car crash, and that was in October, and I came on board in December. Ironically, he was headed Charlie, here. It's, that's one of the things he said. He's like, you know, there's just a couple of things that you know that Taz did that's real signature stuff. I want you to do that. Other than that, have at it. Yeah. Play it how you feel it, and uh, so as a musician, I'm just like, man, it's this is a dream come true. You know, mm-hmm. get to play with, you get to play with an icon, and you get to, you know, kind of step out and let your hair down. Pretty big shoes to fill, I guess. With uh, Taz, Taz been there for forty years and holding that role. It really was, and I didn't realize for the first few months how. I didn't realize the magnitude of the situation that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, when I, when I, when I show up for an audition, I just assume, and I take the approach that, you know, I'm the best guy for the job. And now all I got to do is prove it. Yeah. And so go, stepping into that role, was, was different from anything I've ever done because, you know, because like, as I said, I didn't realize the magnitude of the situation I was in because Taz, I mean, he, golly, he had his own following. Yeah. You know, and, and I really didn't, I really didn't know, I really didn't know how I was going to be received, you know, because this, this guy was there, you know, he's, he's such a staple in the, you know, the, the, the Charlie Daniels band, sound and like i said he had his own he had his own following and but uh but i say all that to say i mean you know his fans and charlie's fans and the entire organization was were just nothing but just welcomed me with open arms and you know um and i and i've said it so many times i was like man I'm, i'm so happy to be here i i hate the circumstances that led me to being here but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. And, um, so I kind of, you know, I didn't realize that the fan base that I would inherit, you know, and I, and I, in the, especially the first year on Facebook, I, I got all these friend requests and everything from all of Taz's fans and, 
fans of the band and and i made myself really accessible right on purpose mm-hmm. yeah you know I, just to let the, let everybody know hey you know i hate what happened but i'm here and i you know want you guys to know that i take this serious and you know you you guys are in good hands right ironically and, ironically he was headed for the bus to come here to our hometown for the show that was the show yeah, they were doing going, that night was going to the coming fair yeah and yeah and the crazy, the, the crazy kind of connection to the coming fair, um, way back in like 2000 or 2002, uh, I got Charlie played at the coming fair. And I think I was still, I might have still been living in Chattanooga at the time. And I got invited to go down and uh, with a friend of mine and see the band. And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? And, you know, I, I growing up, I knew... You know, I knew Charlie Daniels, and of course, obviously, I knew Devil went down to Georgia. But I like a lot of his first timers who, who see him for the first time. I had the same reaction. That music they were playing was so unbelievably great, and I it it blew me away. I was not prepared to. To, to digest what 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 was coming off that stage, I'm like, man, these guys are for real. Yeah. My goodness, they're great players. It's a very tight unit that CDB band is. It's a it's a very tight unit, and um, so my friend uh, he used to work with Confederate Railroad. He got upset in. He's like, hey, why don't you let my friend Shannon come up and play? That's the first time I met Taz, and it's the first time I met Charlie. Was at the coming fair. Oh. And then all those years later, you know, uh, that coming fair is kind of, it kind of came back full circle. It's yeah. really crazy. Yeah. And then the first time I played the coming fair with, with Charlie after Taz passed away, you know, that was kind of a, another surreal moment. And we did a blues song, kind of a tribute to Taz. And Charlie walks over to me and says, hey, man, play one for Taz. I said, man, you got it, you yeah. know. Easy enough. That, that was a crazy, that was a crazy moment. <laughs> I guess it goes without saying that that, uh, that Charlie's been nothing more than uh, inviting and just the guy, I guess, that uh, we all see him as being. With Charlie Daniels, what you see is what you get. I mean, yeah. the guy you see on stage, uh, he, he's, he is that guy. I mean, he doesn't have to get into character or put on a particular persona. I mean, he, with him, it's like I said, what you see is what you get. He's one of the... He is one of the kindest, most genuine human beings I've ever met, yeah. and you know, I, it's 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 been an absolute thrill just to to play music with him, but just to get to know him as a person, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 really hear all you know all the stories and you know, and it's kind of his life because it's it's unbelievable and. But I, no, I can't. I can't say enough great things about him. He's just—he is just the coolest guy, and he's—it's unbelievable. He's—you know—he's—he's—he's he's, he's an inspiring to me on so many levels because he's—he's he's 83 years old. Uh, he'll be 84 this October, and he is the most energetic 83-year-old <laughs> man I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he—he yeah. he runs circles around everybody. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I told him. And first of all, I hope I make it to you know, eighty. <laughs> you know, 
know. And if I do, I, I, I still hope I have that, you know, that, that energy life that, that he does. It's un, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. I mean, he definitely, I mean, you, you feel he's genuine whenever you, you know, whenever you see interviews with him and that kind of thing. He I mean, is. He really seems he genuine. Uh, uh, I saw an interview with him. I think Sammy Hagar actually went and done an interview with him at his. Oh, yeah, the uh, Rock and Roll Road Trip. Yeah, Rock and Roll. Yeah, went to uh, his place in Nashville. And, and um, it's just, yeah, I mean, you seem like a, a loving guy. Take us through a, take us through a day on the road with the CDB. What, what all is going to happen for, if we're tagging along with you? Well, it's, it's what you'll see is a lot, of, uh, a lot of food. Those guys love to eat. Um, <laughs> Have you gained any weight since uh, joining the band? Uh, I've, a little bit. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's all yeah, good. So I have to, I, I, I have to really watch what I eat because you know, those guys they just eat. And, you know, some of them, you know, you know, they get out on the treadmill and all this other kind of thing. And, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm a music audio nerd. I'm, I'm always set up in the back dressing room somewhere, you know, re- recording or something like that. So I, you know, I, I need to exercise more. But uh, no, it's just a typical day. I mean, we'll, we usually arrive in whatever city the morning of and then we'll head over to the venue around lunchtime do lunch and then um they'll unload the truck and for about two or three hours um they'll set everything up and i don't i don't have a keyboard tech we're kind of a skeleton crew so i i I am my own keyboard tech so i'll i'll wire up my own stuff and check it and do all the sound checks and then um and then do dinner and then i'll either hang out there you know on the bus at the venue or i'll go back over to the hotel or or sometimes i'll go you know visit a friend or something like that but uh and then showtime comes and we we hit it and load up take off same day so we're literally in and out in about 12 hours. Like a bunch wow. of bank robbers. i tell you what I do like, folks, right. and you should do this, is follow Shannon Wickline Music on Facebook because usually when he's on the road the day of the gig, he's got his uh, camera and he does a little uh, quick check-in from the venue and he shows you the venue, shows you the stage, where they're at. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's just cool. That's, I love that. I started doing that years and uh, years ago, kind of when I, when I was first first year or two i was in the band and and i just kind of did it on a whim and uh i I thought it'd be neat kind of a before and after you know yeah it's kind of because when i get to the venue i'll always go up to the to the highest point i'll try to go up to the balcony if i can i'll take a picture of the you know the big empty space and then on my social media i'll you know i'll say hey here this is where we are today and Da, 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 da. And then once everything is all set up after we've sound checked, um, then I'll take a picture and a video of the stage from the stage from a different perspective. And the first time I did that um, and put it on Facebook, I, man, I had people private messaging me going, man, this is great. Please continue yeah. to do this. Yeah. So it just kind of became a thing. So if, if I get into like some of these festivals, we play kind of the all day thing. Um, you know, where there's just bands one after another, one after another, one after another. You know, I don't always get the opportunity to do that. And if I don't, boy, the people on social media let me know it. It's like, <laughs> uh, we're, we're waiting on these videos. Where, where are they at? I'm like, I'm sorry. It's a fickle you know, bunch. You know, fickle bunch. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, we're living yeah, vicariously through you, Shannon. Sorry, you gotta... You'll have to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. I, I apologize. I'm so sorry. What is your uh, favorite venue to play? You know, I really, I, I, I like the small, I like the smaller theaters. I, I like the, I like it kind of more, more intimate. I mean, I love playing these, you know, the big massive festivals and the huge stages. I love that. But my, my personal favorite is, is the smaller venues where you can, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's more intimate. And, you know, I, I, when I'm playing, I'm always looking out, just kind of watching people's reaction. And, and, uh, so I, my, my favorite venues to play are the, are the smaller theaters. Yeah. I came your, up, uh, your Madison Square Gardens, your, uh, <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Madison Square Garden, <laughs> Carnegie Hall. Yeah, the smaller, you know, intimate places. Smaller. <laughs> well, man, we've had a ball tonight. Uh, what you got going on uh, personally with any projects going on you want to tell the folks about while we got you? Uh, what I'm doing now is uh, I'm kind of getting to the I'm getting into the podcasting game, like I was saying earlier. Uh, my my girlfriend is a is a mental health professional, so I I help her with all the audio and the editing and you know kind of all the stuff with that show. But uh, I do studio work um, from home, and uh, people will. Uh, I, I worked on about four or five songs today for a couple of different people, but you know people will email me a, a song and say, "Hey, can you put a piano or organ or just whatever to it?" and I'll do that and send it back to them. So I've been doing a lot of that. I'm getting back into composing music geared more towards TV and film. Uh, so I'm, I'm really trying to kind of get into that market. That's a, that's a tough one to crack because there's so many people doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so many people that are so much better than that me at it, you know, that are doing it. And it's, it's tough to do, but I'm, I'm just plugging away at that. And, um, uh, just still, like I said, doing studio work, do online lessons on occasion. It's, it's, I used to teach privately a lot more, but with you know, traveling so much, it's just, it's tough to do. So I try to do it online as much as I can, but it's, I, I that's kind of taking a back seat to some of the other stuff I've, I've got going on. Well, I'm going to get home and uh, figure out what all's in the key of C. Hit me a couple notes on the, <laughs> on the daughter's piano, I think yeah. I'll be good. Once I get that down, then I'll yeah. I'll progress to the uh, Wickline 2.0. You know, <laughs> 2. for, adva- for advanced, <laughs> for advanced students. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna figure that out. I'm on. Then I'll get into your I, advanced I'm class. Feeling, I'm feeling all right since C. I learned. Uh, I, I learned. Love comes walking in by Van Halen on the keyboard, and after that, I quit. Yeah. I just quit. I said, I'm done. I spent a week <laughs> trying to learn just the intro to Love Comes Walking In, and then I was like, screw it. I'm going to go yeah. back to the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> a lot less strings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for real. Hey, uh, Shannon, I've, I've asked this to a couple of other folks that we've we've uh, that we've interviewed who's who's been out there and had brushes with, with um, famous people. Of course, Charlie, I'm sure, has got to be up there as one of the 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 biggest people that you ever you know rubbed elbows with who who else yeah. would you say who would be the I guess the most well known uh, person uh, that you've rubbed el- elbows with, with with hanging with Charlie the most shocking one to me was I went to the we we played the Opry one night and we played our set and when we got finished I went over to the side of the stage and Dan Rather was there 
Ah, yeah, and, he did the Charlie they interview. Did, they just did an interview together earlier that day that they, you know, they later televised. But uh, um, I think that's the one that I was thinking of instead of Sammy. I think maybe it was Dan, the Dan Rather interview actually with uh, with Charlie. Yeah, so I think Sammy Hagar did do. He something did. He with did. Charlie. But, he did okay. it with both of them. Yeah. Uh, I've never met Sammy Hagar. I'd love to because he. I, I hear he's just a. I hear he's just a, a character. He's a trip. Yeah. Well, that, and that's that's the loaded question there, you know. The uh, never meet your heroes, you know, and, um, and yeah, <laughs> you know. My I, I I talked to uh, Scott Meter about it. I'm like, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, I've always wanted to meet, uh, of course, Edward Van Halen. You know, I, I just always wanted to meet Eddie Van Halen, but everything I've read. No, I do not want to meet Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> that might, yeah, you know, that I, I, unfortunately, there there is some of that. Now, I now I'm I, I guess I'm pretty lucky. I, I everybody that I've met, you know, and usually it's brief. Um, but I mean, everybody's you know everybody's been they've been at least cordial, and some of them are you know nicer than others. There's uh, there's some that I wish I haven't met. Um, yeah. Uh, but by and large, I mean, some of the, some of them are, I mean, they're, they're all, you know, for the most part, pretty, pretty nice guys. The, I think a, a guy that literally scared me to death, I didn't know what he was going to do was a uh, Ted Nugent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he's just, uh, he's, I don't know. He says he's never done drugs or anything. I don't know if I buy that. <laughs> <laughs> if he hadn't, I don't want to see him when he does, if he ever does. Cause he's, yeah. Cause he's, uh. He's he's something else, but you talk about meeting heroes. I, I'm a big uh, I'm a big Paul Schaefer fan, and I'm a big Bruce Hornsby. I love Bruce Hornsby, mm-hmm. and I, I I got to meet those guys uh, with Charlie within about three weeks of each other. And uh, Chuck Lavelle uh, plays with he's played with Allman Brothers for a long time. Eric Clapton he plays now with uh, the Rolling Stones. Uh, I was a big Chuck Lavelle fan. Met him and just just a super nice guy. That's awesome. And uh, so, yeah, so like I said, I've, I've been really lucky because I, I, I haven't had very, I've had very little brushes with people. And I'm just like, man, I really wish I hadn't met that guy because my <laughs> opinion has completely changed. <laughs> well, know? buddy, when we get this thing uh, edited up and uh, downloaded to the worldwide interstate, as we call it, you just make sure you share it and tell everybody these two cats you met tonight were some two, two of the I most wholesome, will. down-to-earth folks you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> yeah, I definitely will. And we got that big check from, like I told you, Brad Williams will send you that big Ed McMahon cardboard check. Yeah, I'm going to be on the lookout for it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. Well, yeah. I hope we didn't take too much of your time this evening, but we really appreciate you coming on with us. Well, thank you for having me. I really had a good time. Thank you, Shannon. We wish you best of luck, bud. Stay healthy, brother. Thank you so much, and same to you guys. I appreciate you. Shannon Wickline Music on the Facebook will get you turned on to some great music. We may even go out with some if we can find some here. If not, we'll go out with some text reader or something. But Next time you see Charlie, tell him you got interviewed by two spotlight operators from Lanierland Music Park. He'll remember us. He'll remember us. Yeah. He'll remember, yeah. right. He'll remember <laughs> Lanierland and all those folks. Buddy, appreciate uh, you coming on with us. We'll talk to you right, later. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate you. Take care, buddy. You Folks, too. you've been listening to The Crossing, where the music meets the memories, and we have had a blessed, blasted time tonight, Chris. Amen.
Amen. Hopefully all this stuff's going to blow over. The world's going to get better. Y'all keep praying. Y'all stay healthy. For Brother Chris Cheatham, Steve, the good Dr. Thomason, and myself, Cole Mount Cal, this is The Crossing, and we bid you a fond adieu. The Crossing, where music meets memories, is recorded at Due South Productions, high atop the northeast tower of Pete's Castle in South Coal Mountain, Georgia, and is recorded and mixed by Steve Thomason. Hosted by Coal Mountain Cal Hurd and Chris Cheatham. Theme music, written, performed, and recorded by Wendell Cox. The Crossing is a production of Roadhog Music and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Due South Productions or at least a text message from Coal Mountain Cal's Razor Phone. That'll work too. All rights reserved. All right, we'll catch you next time right here on The Crossing.